You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Acme Packing Company podcast feed. I'm stumbling over my words like AJ Dillon's tripping over his legs. Um, actually, he did fine tonight. Uh, the Green Bay Packers lost 17-13. to I'm joined here by Evan Tex Western. Say what's up, the people text. Oh, what's up, everybody? Sorry I missed last week. Um personal work travel stuff and and here we are you know reliving a game that you know felt a lot the same as that thursday night game just just at least on offense right yeah and that's that's one of my big worries right um someone oh man i'm gonna miss the name someone was in my twitter mentions asking me obviously i'm tweeting frustrations about how bad we are at throwing deep balls right no um someone's like you're so fast to go from burn the tape on the uh, Detroit Lions game, and now you're like, this is a bad sign for the offense moving forward. Well, it's because that offensive line theoretically should be – I mean, those guys weren't even listed as questionable, right? I don't believe so. So, like, yeah, you know, they had 10 days of rest or whatever in between the games. Like, if this is what the offensive line is going to look like moving forward and this is what the passing game is going to look like moving forward, I mean, it's a terrible, terrible, terrible sign of things to come. Yeah, definitely. It's, and it's not like the Raiders were a high quality opponent coming in, right? No, they, they, especially in the past. Like they yeah. they were bad on defense on, on on both sides on you know the run game and the pass game. Jordan Love, uh, his week three to week five totals, uh, one hundred and ten pass attempts, sixty one completions. So that's about fifty five and a half percent completion percentage, six hundred and eighty seven yards. So that's not the worst in terms of yards per attempt. Um, two touchdowns, six interceptions, a mm. 57.7 passer rating. That's not a QBR. That's a that's a passer rating, right? That's not a scale of 0 to 100. That's 0 to 153 or 58, whatever it is. Um, that's not good. That's not good at all. Firmly bad. I know mm. John at our Slack has been sending us the comparisons of uh, Brett Hundley's first five starts <laughs> and Jordan Love's first five starts, which is quickly becoming triggering to me because yeah. I don't I don't want to sit through that for an entire season. But um, I guess let's well first I, I want to give a shout out to the MVP tonight. Yeah, Joe Barry <laughs> held Devontae Adams to forty five yards. Held the Raiders to 17 points. I mean, defense looked solid and did a lot of that without Quay Walker and Darnell Savage in the middle. Both of them left in the second quarter with injuries and and didn't play at all in the second half. I mean, effectively they gave up they gave up 14 points and that field goal that they gave up at the uh after the the first pick in the second quarter was a net positive because they managed to get a a good uh a three and out there and force a field goal um with the, the Raiders basically set up on the 10 yard line. So um, no, no real issues with the defense for the most part. Um, I think they, they played a solid game. Weird, and, right? and Barry, 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's very strange to be a Packers fan and be talking about how, yeah, the defense played pretty well and the offense just completely let you down the entire game. Uh, the Raiders ran for 3.3 yards per carry, um, got involved six different ball carriers, including three different wide receivers. Uh, DeAndre Carter even took two carries. Um, Josh Jacobs is credited with a sack. So maybe that even drops it down a little bit lower if you want to count that as a rush attempt. Um, thought there were issues there, but let's talk about the quarterback situation. Jordan Love, all these shot plays. Oh my God, I'm done. I'm done with the shot plays. And I know it sounds annoying to be saying like, don't throw it deep anymore. But this this came from Brad Spielberger, PFF Brad, who helps us um, break down the Bears whenever we end up playing the Bears. He comes on the pod for intercepting. Um, I tweeted out, there's no way any team has ever thrown deep more and had worse results than this Packers team through five weeks of football. And I believe that was still correct, at least up until the Thursday night game. No team was being more aggressive downfield than the Packers um, when the next-gen stats guys were giving me numbers on that on, on that game. Brad says, Jordan Love is 6 of 24 on passes 20-plus yards down the field with two interceptions and no touchdowns. He was charted as accurate on five of the 24 attempts, third lowest in the NFL. So pretty much. So you could take two different stats from there, right? One, Love has been accurate on five of 24 attempts deep down oh. the field. And two, the Packers have come down with one of 19 attempts in which he's not accurate. Like, we don't have ball winners on this team. Look at that Christian Watson play. Yep. He got out-muscled by a 5'9 cornerback. And I know um, people are like... Eh. You know, maybe it should have been PI or something like that. Dude, you're massive. You're massive and you're fast. Also, Christian Watson, why are all these contested catches down the field? Why aren't you? Aren't you track speed out running everywhere? Like, yeah. how is the young getting more open? It 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 also feels like Love is short on damn near every deep pass that he's throwing. Um, there was the one one in the fourth quarter that a deep one over the middle. Maybe that was the that wasn't the one to to Watson. But there's another one um, where he just he, he was taking some pressure up the middle, but he ne- he never stepped into his throw, and it ended probably eight to ten yards short of where it needed to be. And that's a consistent thing. I mean, you look back at the PI calls that they got against the Falcons. Yeah, um, those were all underthrown. Um, so many of these balls, the the pick in the end zone was underthrown. That needed to be towards the back pylon, and um, and it was you know more more middle of the end zone. So yeah, it's a uh, it's a it's an issue, and especially for a guy who the big the talk on him coming out of the draft was that he had the big arm. He was the big arm yeah. guy, so that's a problem. And he's got to figure something out there. Or yeah, we just need to get rid of the shot plays and just get some short and intermediate passes and and figure out how to I don't know run mesh once or twice and <laughs> do something. Well, speaking of mesh, oh man, I wanted to talk about this drive. I forget what drive it is. I think it was near the end of the game. I don't know if it was the last or second to last drive. Um, they do run mesh, and it was the weird play. I think he threw it out of bounds, like on purpose. Yeah. The, the Packers are running mesh, which is a concept. Um, the way I'm going to talk about mesh is the way kind of Chip Kelly ran it, which is the way that like all the other NFL teams have now kind of adopted it, which is like spot mesh. So imagine two shallow crossers coming from opposite sides of the field. Right. And then you have one route that kind of sits over top of it. And what it's supposed to do is, you know, that's that it's supposed to create a lot of movement for zones on the underneath. 
And then if it's man coverage, you're already on a drag route and it creates like a natural pick, right? Because you have those two shallow crossers underneath. But sometimes they'll tell those guys on crossers, on the shallow crossers, to like settle up in zones. Like if there's a spot on the field and, um, you know, you're just wide open, just settle up there. All three guys end up settling up. Like that, that wasn't a Jordan Love problem. I think it was a play where it looked like he was almost going to get sacked. If yeah. you remember, I, I think it was yep. the last drive because I was like, they can't take a sack in this situation because I yes. think it was the time. And he ended um, up chucking it uh, in the general direction of Patrick Taylor along the sideline. Yeah, he, just he, I mean, that was a throwaway. Yeah. That was for yeah. sure a throwaway. 100%. He just didn't want to get flagged for it. But yeah, because um, he was still in the pocket, the pocket was collapsing around him. But that was one where it's like, oh, geez, dude, like these, you got to remind yourself, these guys are still young guys, right? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe they will get better down the line, but today it was not good. No, and and I think we got to remember, too, that this this whole team is young, and I guarantee you the coaching staff thought that they were going to have an all-pro left tackle and a Pro Bowl caliber running back as part of this offense. <laughs> and, I mean, apparently up until, what, Sunday, they thought they yep. were going to have Aaron Jones in the lineup, and so they prepared all week as if he was going to play. Talked about that in, at, on the space at halftime that um, I, I think that, that had to have been a big part of why they just – you know, they stuck with the Dylan game plan early. Um, didn't really, didn't really do a whole lot until that first drive of the third quarter when they yeah. um, had a little bit of a short field anyway and punched in for the their one touchdown. Um, but it, it seems like they just don't have an identity when Aaron Jones is off the field. And again, he reaggravated it on Sunday, right? So, I mean, there's no promise that he's going to come out of the bye and have a healthy hamstring. Right. I mean, we saw it took, I mean, this was supposed to be his first week with a full share of carries since week one. Right. So that puts you after the Broncos game if we're working with the same timeline. Um, this just came from Rob Domofsky of ESPN. <laughs> oh, cornerback Jair Alexander. Oh. I think at this point, it's pretty obvious the defense has to not give up any touchdowns. <laughs> That's part of being self critical. The offense is pretty young and they're still figuring out their mojo. Um, after the game, LaFleur, did well one sad boy LaFleur, not mad guy LaFleur. We've seen <laughs> mad guy LaFleur earlier this year. This was full blown sad boy. Um he it must have been like three times he had this he said like some version of like we just have to get something going. Um you already had that mini buy that was supposed to be this game and like Jones throws a wrench and stuff into that, but like this Raiders defense was not I mean it was the Max Crosby show. They called up I didn't realize this. They called up two practice squatters at cornerback. Yeah, apparently. I didn't, I didn't realize until um halftime, which well, probably on me. I I knew uh Marcus Peters was out there at corner, but Jacorian Bennett, who had not been playing good, frankly, um, and was the other preferred starting outside corner, was out. Mind you, Nate Hobbs, their nickel, who's probably their best defensive back, was out in the game too. Um so they called up two practice squatters. Uh, I think it was Troy Pride Jr. and Tyler Hall. Amik Robertson, mm-hmm. the guy who broke up that pass on Watson at the end of the game. Um, he had he made a couple other plays during the game, too. Is like their fourth or fifth corner, if I'm looking at their depth chart mm-hmm. right. Um, not good, man. You got to score more than 13 points to win football games in the NFL. I mean, that's what it is, point blank, period. And there weren't a whole lot of, like dumb mistakes like we've been seeing in the past they gave up 18 yards and penalties 
that's almost nothing, right? It was just a lot yeah. of bad balls from Jordan Love, frankly, like from a decision-making standpoint, not even like necessarily accuracy. Um, a lot of bad balls in that aspect. Um, the run game was weird because like on paper, right, they're averaging four and a half a carry. But a lot of that came in that one drive, right, in that third quarter. And LaFleur even said like, yeah, we got under center and we're running the ball and we're running vertical runs with him. And it's like, no, doy, of course, like that's what you should be doing <laughs> with AJ Dillon. Like we've been begging for you to stop going on the edge with him. Um, well, and, and let's not forget too, that a lot of that rushing yardage came from Jordan Love on that 26 yard scramble too. So um, yeah. Dil- Dylan ended up finishing still less than four yards a carry. He had 20 carries, 76 yards. That's 3.8 yards a carry and the touchdown. Um with a long of 11 yards. So still uh, has, I think he's got two carries of double digit yardage this entire season. Now that one in the end of like a 14 yarder against the saints. So not, if, not, not, if, a, not, a, not a particularly efficient day once again for Dylan, even though, you know, you get a little bit more volume and, and there were, there were moments where he looked like he was a little bit better, but again, you, you think some of that is, has got to be the, just the, the straight ahead power runs that they were running. In the, especially in that third quarter drive, as opposed to you know some of the the shotgun stuff that he's been asked to do for the first couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, it was a lot of stretch and inside zone, which good. That's yeah. what I mean. That's basically all Green Bay ran the first. Uh, what we're in year five of Lafleur, like the first three years of Lafleur mm-hmm. in Green Bay. That's all they ran was like inside zone, outside zone. Um as far as the run game. And then they started getting into uh, the pin and pull stuff, which I don't think works with Dylan. Um, And then this past year, they've really just added the counter stuff. And someone tweeted out at me during the game that like LaFleur and Shanahan or or, uh, McVay and Shanahan and all those guys started running counter and pin and pull. So LaFleur wanted to keep up with being one of the cool boys. And like, they (laughs) got back under center, started running inside zone, outside zone, and it was working. And it's like, Guys, maybe we should just be doing like we haven't been able to get on the edge this entire season outside of Aaron Jones on the catch and run touchdown. Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, you were talking about longs uh, with AJ Dillon, he had the long of 11 um, rushing yards. If you take out the 77 yard uh, play to Christian Watson, <laughs> Love ends up having. 31 dropbacks for 98 yards in this game. So if you want to talk about efficiency, that 77 is doing a whole lot for his averages. But if you look from an efficiency standpoint, it's, it's not great. Yikes. Uh, I I have nothing to add. That's, that's abysmal. (laughs) (laughs) I think at halftime, if I remember this right, at halftime, Musgrave, DeGuara, and Ben Sims, the undrafted rookie free agent tight end, who the Packers picked up off of waivers at cutdowns, were the team's top three leading receivers. Yep. Um, well, at, yeah, at halftime, uh, Watson had one target and one carry, and Dobbs had one carry. Or, I'm sorry, one target in the passing game. Um, and that, I, I clarified, um, former former APCer Jason Hirshhorn pointed out, that was the interception in the first half, was the, the one target to Dobbs. Uh, yeah. in the first half. So uh, Oof. Oof. uh Wicks, Reed, and Dobbs combined for twenty one yards, if I'm looking at this correctly. 
hey, Wix at least got eight, and that was all that uh, <laughs> that certain certain people needed for uh, for certain certain purposes. So, yeah, I, I took uh, I pick, I picked three player props for APC before every game, usually the the morning of the game. Um, I went Dylan under. He ended up hitting, um, but I got the uh, Devonte under at receiving yards. And then I got the the over on Dentavian Wick. So that was nice that he got his one catch. Um <laughs> still winning on the breakout game. But it'll come. Tough tough things. On offense too, like the one thing that they needed to do was have a game plan for Max Crosby. And way too often, like particularly in the run game. Like in the past game, there were times I know he what he got that one sack, right? Where both of the tight ends chipped him and they had Patrick Taylor over there to help. And he just beat him. Like it is what it is, but at least you tried, you put three bodies on, him, right. Mm-hmm. Um, in the run game, he was blowing up stuff as like the backside, you know, edge defender where they would have, you know, Ben Sims come out and try to kick him out. And then he blew up another one where uh, Musgrave had a one-on-one down block. And then after the drive, LaFleur is like, dude, you, you got to play that better. Right. Like you see him yelling at him on the, or maybe not yelling at him, talking to him very sternly on the sideline. And it's like, none of this should have been a surprise. That's the one guy you had to worry about this entire game. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he was a, he was a wrecking ball. I mean, five tackles, four of those tackles were tackles for loss in this game. (laughs) Good Lord. Yeah. He's going to be like defensive player of the week then. Yeah. With those numbers. Probably should be. Oh, it was weird on the offensive line because some of the guys that were getting beat too, it was like Zach Tom, who again, you know, he didn't have a great game last week. Um, I saw, uh, I think it was John posted it in our uh, Slack chat about um, Rashid Walker having like an 88 pass grade from Pro Football Focus right now. I don't know if that's just like who they have grading available um, for a night game on a Monday, we're recording this, you know, past midnight Eastern at this point, there's, there's no way, there's no way that great stays at an 88 once they get a signal no. eyes on them. No, absolutely not. I, I, what I say, were they watching a tape of a different game this weekend or something? Like, I, I don't understand that. So the vibe check is going to be terrible. I don't even mm-hmm. want to do a vibe check. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about, where we're at with the confidence of this offense. So here are the two things that are kind of floating around right now. And obviously overreaction because of a loss on a national stage, you just got embarrassed. You scored 13 points on Monday night football, right? Where are we at on the floor? Where are we at on love? I think love you're going to, I think love's going to get a second. Unless the Packers are bad enough that they don't have to trade up for Drake may or Caleb Williams, who are the two, top quarterbacks in this draft class and are thought of much higher than Bryce Young, who Bryce Young, he cost uh, the ninth overall pick next year's first over first round pick um, from Carolina, which might end up being like a top five pick, right? Second round pick in both years and wide receiver DJ Moore, who the Packers or who the Panthers turned down a first round pick for the Packers, right? So if you're doing the math there, that's, three first round picks that are probably all valued as top 10 borderline top 10 selections and two, two twos. 
Green Bay's already won two games. Like, unless they, like, don't win another game from here on out, I can't imagine them landing one of those two guys. Love's yeah. your guy for <laughs> at least this year and probably next season. Yeah, I mean they gave him that that one year extension this this offseason to buy out that uh that fifth year option and um and it, it's yeah, there's there's no I don't see a scenario where you don't go into him go into 2024 with him as the presumptive starter. So you you've got to figure out how to how to do something with this guy. Um I don't know if this is again. I don't know if this is a Lafleur problem. I don't know if this is a love problem. It seems more like it's kind of a combination of both, and just a, a rough situation with not having your one truly dynamic playmaker that that kind of makes your run game go. Um, I think that's you know there, there's issues with. I have concerns about Lafleur not being able to adjust when he doesn't have that guy. Um, and being able to put a competent game plan together um, when you don't have your dynamic running back. And there's no guarantee that Aaron Jones is going to be here next year either. Let's keep yeah. that in mind. Um, his contract situation, I, I'm trying to remember, is if he's up after this year, I think he's got one more year. But He's got one more year, but be, he's got a really the, big cap. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those where where they've pushed out all that money into, into signing bonuses and things. So there's no guarantee he's around next year. Um, certainly no guarantee Bakhtiari comes back next year with, with everything that's, that's going on with him. So, um, you, you would, and, and this has happened before, even with Aaron Rodgers in the past is there, there have been certain guys that LaFleur has been able to scheme around them being absent. Devonte Adams being kind of the, the one, right. right. The, there was the, the stat where they were like, what was it? Like seven and oh, in games that he that he didn't play or something like that with LaFleur. People made it sound like it was a good thing. Devontae Adams wasn't on your team. Right. Which is, which is ridiculous. But (laughs) um, in every one of those games, he had Aaron Jones to, to kind of lean on. And, um, and when that's the guy that, that he's leaned on in those situations, you know, he's got to be able to manufacture some offense, especially against a team like Las Vegas, especially against a team like the Raiders that fundamentally has one truly high caliber high quality player on defense. Um, I could not have, I don't think I could have told you more than th- three starters on the Raiders defense coming into today, to be perfectly honest with you. And that's, you know, granted they got some injuries and things, but, um, and, and the numbers bear that out, right? I mean, they were bottom 10 in the league in points allowed. They're in the bottom third, I think also in, in uh, yards allowed as well, or at least bottom half. So, I mean, if you look at well. expected points, the the Raiders were at least the bottom forty percent in mm-hmm. pass defense, and they were dead last in run defense. They had forced one turnover all year. That was last week. So, uh, well, yeah. they got three tonight. Yep. So, um, yeah. yeah, the run the running back thing is interesting because if you look at outside of uh. So outside of McVay and McVay's offense have sputtered without it, right? They've really needed speed at running back. Like you look at San Francisco, they always have a Mostert off the bench, right? And now Miami's got him with A-Chain, who's like legitimate Ugh. track athlete. Um, and then, you know, the Niners make a trade for a guy like a Christian McCaffrey. Like they don't think that they, and they use Debo in the backfield too, when they, when they need that. So like, I don't know what you do. Like, do you, play Keyshawn at 
<laughs> at running back at some point. Like I don't I don't know what you do, but that offense seems to need speed out of the backfield to be able to run stretch and stuff. And I know the Packers have gone away from stretch to run this like pin and pull stuff, but like the pin and pull stuff clearly isn't working for Dylan. You don't think enough about Patrick Taylor to actually give him carries. You pretty much have him out there as a blocking back um, and running a couple routes. Emmanuel Wilson is on this roster active on game. I think we might've seen the last of Emmanuel Wilson because if he's yeah. still running back four, um, I, I guess whenever Jones is healthy, right? If he's still running back four when Jones is healthy, like what are what are we doing here? We get, we're going to need roster spots at some point. Like Eric Stokes is coming back. Who knows what injury we'll have in two weeks? Um, Luke Tenuta is a guy that they want back too, right? So that that gives them more line depth, especially the way these guys are looking right now. Um, not a great situation to be in. I definitely would circle. Right now, if I'm a betting man, I guess, I mean, there are some holes, but I would bet they address running back and tackle probably pretty early in the draft next year. I guess yeah. safety is another potential one, but I don't know. Outside of Savage, who had like man cover skills and was supposed to be a scheme fit, they haven't really gone big at that position. Maybe interior D line, but like, I don't know, Slayton or uh, Wyatt might be the first guy on the bench. So, like, I don't know if you're going to bench a third year first round pick so we'll see what happens this is a young team the sky isn't falling but we're seeing repeated mistakes right and that's that's what we didn't want to see it was all about this year is about growth don't care about the results just don't repeat the mistakes all we're doing is taking deep shots we're running no rpos when we do run rpos we run them twice they're successful and then we just get away from it completely like this offense isn't anything like the offense that LaFleur ran the first three years. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's no jet motion stuff, um, which you would think you'd want to do with Watson. If he's not able to beat these guys deep, if you want to take advantage of the speed, they're not running that much inside zone, outside zone, especially from under center outside that one drive RPOs have been, they probably used RPOs the most in this game and they ran two, right? Like they're away from that. Um, it feels like a big time, like get back to basics situation in, in in Green Bay, especially when you see those wide receivers like mess up mesh in like a two minute drill, right? That's probably something you're calling. You know the the, the way the pra- the the Packers practice at least in the summer, right? They're doing like a two minute drill or move the whatever you want to call it at the end of practice every single day. Like they probably called that mesh play five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times yeah. by now. Those guys should know that stuff, and it's just they don't have enough reps, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think coming into the bye week this week, you know, everybody thinks about the bye week t- typically in terms of you know getting guys healthy and and how it affects the injury situation and the roster and everything. Um, I almost feel like this is a good time for a bye week from a let's get our heads on straight again perspective. Let's let's spend a week self scouting and and actually dig in and figure out if we can create an identity on offense, um, you know more so than than any benefit that it's going to provide on the health perspective. You know maybe there's some some benefit on the the self scouting and the coaching perspective that um, you can you can spend that time and and really dive in a little bit and and dissect your scheme and and see what you can come up with with that extra time that the players are off. But that's the frustrating thing, right? After the Lions game, 
he had that many bikes. Our, yeah. Our, our <laughs> takeaway was more RPOs. Yeah. Downhill runs. Help Jordan Love out. Don't take as many shots. They did one Not, of those nothing things. Nothing changed. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. kind of, may, depending may, yeah. on how a, you a, think about it. Right. Yeah. For yeah. A, drive. A, couple, a couple. Yeah. Exactly. A couple. Couple of drives where he had some more downhill running, but that's about it. So. Yeah. Goodness gracious. They right. did. They did open up the game with like eighteen performative handoffs <laughs> to AJ Dillon. So. You can say that they, that they uh, didn't run the ball this game. That was fun. Um. Let's take a break. Let's take a break and then we'll talk about the defense. Yep. And we're back. All right. Um, two big injuries here, right? Obviously, Quay Walker goes down. That was not an injury that the Packers could afford at inside linebacker. Um, the Packers had already called up Christian Welsh from the practice squad to the active roster, and their most recent signing to the practice squad was Christian Young. Um, just because of how few bodies they've had they have at the position right now. Um, by the end of the game, Isaiah McDuffie and Eric Wilson were the full-time guys at inside linebacker, and they only had one more available body at that spot. Um, the other thing was Darnell Savage went down with a calf injury that at first looked like a hamstring injury. Um, the guy who came in for him was Jonathan Owens, who I don't think stood out. I would have to look at the film to see if he did poorly or did well, but it's not like he got in and the Raiders just started like bombing him or anything like right. that. Um I thought Rudy Ford played actually pretty well. Uh, yeah. They used him more as like a drop down safety in this game. Um, that was cool. We got to talk about it. It happened again. Preston Smith in the slot. <laughs> Devontae Adams. Uh... All right. So here's the situation. And mind you, this this one is Barry's fault. I know I get on the uh, the soapbox about like. Are you mad at the results? Are you mad at the players? Are you mad at the scheme? What What is it about Joe Barry in specific instances that make you mad at him? Yeah. This one was 100% a scheme problem. And it was not just Preston Smith lined up in the slot, dropping into his zone. That I can live with, right? Um, that at, at some point, we've talked about this a lot. If you're going to be a 3-4 team and you're going to match personnel and you're not going to be in nickel when they put in two tight ends and they come out and empty and there's two tight ends lined up outside and a, you know, a wider or a running back lined up as a wide receiver, right? What do you, what do you do then? Do you want to rush five? You're down a body. Okay. Do you want, do you want to rush four? Which one of those four, five, four, which one of those five guys on the line of scrimmage do you want to drop? Right. And the Packers decision for the most part is, we don't want to drop one of these defensive tackles because we don't want to run fire zone stuff like Don Capers did, right? Where you can, you're moving a lot of gaps. You can get gashed in the run game pretty easily. Right. And then it becomes a lot of like, okay, Rashawn Gary or Preston Smith, which one would you rather have rush the passer as your one real pass rushing threat? Okay. Then we're going to drop Preston. Here's the problem. It wasn't that situation. It wasn't a rush four situation. They still rush five. So they sent Eric Wilson on a blitz and drop Preston. That's not what you want, right? Um, the problem also is once you rush those four non-Preston Smith guys down at the line of scrimmage and you blitz Wilson, you're in a blitz coverage. You're down a guy. You got you got six bodies. So the Packers are playing three up, three under, which is what they play a whole lot. It's like cover three um, with two guys, you know, playing the flats on the sideline and one guy playing in the middle. The problem is, they went against it. They, they kept this call against a spread empty alignment. So 
that inside yeah. linebacker is Isaiah McDuffie. Preston Smith did what he was supposed to do on that play. He's supposed to be left in no man's land because there was no right. one in the shallow flat that he was lined up in. And that's supposed to be his job. He's not supposed to take Devontae Adams in the middle. The problem is um, Isaiah McDuffie is not only just supposed to play Devontae Adams coming inside. Also to the trip side, he's supposed to pay attention to number two coming in and number three coming in because of the blitz liability that they put the coverage in. That's a coverage that a lot of people at the college level right now are saying, because, I mean, they have to face all the same type of stuff and way more wide open, way more pass happy, all that stuff, right? Um, Those are teams that are saying now, we can't run these three up three under blitzes and not be a match coverage team, which you don't want to do with Preston Smith in the slot. That's I don't want him one-on-one with Devontae Adams if he goes outside, right? Running a, a wheel or something like that. Um, you can't run those coverages unless the offense is in a condensed set, which a lot of offenses in the NFL are right now. But on that specific play where you're in empty and everyone's spread out and all Devontae Adams has to do is run a little slant and he's going to be butt naked wide open, you got to get out of that. You got to double call it or have a check, something like there needed to be a plan for that situation. And that's, you know, where they failed. That's where they failed. And I'll 100% put that on Barry in, in an instance that I'm not as anti outside linebacker in the slot as most people are, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the Barry stuff. I mean, you mentioned the, there was the play where um, Jacobs got outside and jukes Jair out of his jockstrap at the 25 yard line. Right. Yep. What's Joe Barry supposed to do about that? I, I put that in the Slack. I said, Joe exactly. Barry, exclamation right. point. And then the the very next play, they ran at Jair, and Jair was super slow to fill the hole. And I don't know. I mean, Jair, obviously not the biggest guy out there, too, and he's dealing with a bad back, right, or coming off right. of a bad back at the very least. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, those are situations supposed to work on the whiteboard, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so that's that's the example, the counter example, right? But but yeah, you bring that that particular um, that particular play. That's an example of of right. That's a that's a play calling. That's a scheme issue, and um and that's the one where where Barry deserves to take the heat for. But I mean, again, this team still gave up seventeen points to a an, to another offense. That's that should be enough to win a and game two, in the NFL with. Two miss two one block and then the doink. Yeah, shout out to Nyman. Yeah. Shout out to yeah, Nyman working his the... ass off on kick block mm-hmm. all season. Yeah. So that's uh that's that's Rich Versace's secret weapon this year. So well well done. Good good self scouting on that one, Rich. So um but yeah, and then Carlson, yeah, doink the uh doink the one. That all right, we had I want to talk about that that call real quick, right? Okay. Why did why did McDaniels kick the field goal? Why did he not just run the ball down the Packers throat and end the game on fourth and one. I both end of halves were yeah. so, so weird. <laughs> so weird. I mean, there was the the other situation too, was all the weird timeouts, right? Where McDaniels McDaniel didn't call a timeout. And then LaFleur called a timeout for him thinking that he was going to get the ball back. And then it ends up, that was the doinked one, right? The, no, was the, the, the block was at the end was of the, the first block. half. Yeah. That was a block. Yeah. Yep. I knew it was a missed field goal, so it didn't end up mattering at the end. But right. I mean, both of them were nuts. LaFleur 
at the end of game management, I mean, it doesn't matter if Love is going to throw the pick, right? Um, but the end of game management, LaFleur basically had a decision where he was given two. Uh, it, it boils down to these two options at the, at, at the end because he started calling timeouts before the two-minute warning but called it on first down and then third down, but not on second down. Mm-hmm. So the two options on the table at that point were one, do you want the ball with two minutes and 40 seconds and the two minute warning? Or do you want it after the two minute warning, but with the timeout in hand? And he chose, I want the timeout in hand. That doesn't make sense to me. You get the warning, so that's like almost a pseudo timeout anyway if you want to throw something over the middle of the field and have a clock stop, right? Yeah. Um, that, that gives you some availability there. And then the other thing, you can get lined up faster than 40 seconds. Your offense can get lined up for faster than 40 seconds. The Raiders, you knew they were going to take every single second off of that clock, right? Yeah. That was a weird one. There was the uh, the punt team um, delay of game with the Raiders, right? Where the Packers could have declined the delay of game. And then the Raiders pinned the Packers down at the end of the field because they didn't, they, they accepted the penalty instead of pushing them back. There were a lot of like, this team did not look well coached and probably looked best coached on the defensive side of the ball today, which Mm -hmm. a lot of you are not going to be super. I'm still not ecstatic about Joe Barry, right? Like I told you guys, he made a massive mistake by not double calling um, that, that play in the red zone against Devontae with Preston in the slot, but the defense played a whole lot better than the like coaching decisions that LaFleur had to make today. Yeah. Yeah, I agreed. So. Um, oh. Did you catch the captains? I did. All the all of Rich's, Rich's old guys, the former Raiders. That was a nice yeah. little touch. That was fun. But, they did the petty thing. We, uh, yep. I believe the Rams did this, right? The Rams did this uh, against the uh, Washington football team that was not named the Washington football team at the time. It wasn't named the Commanders either. Um, I think the Rams put out every player who was acquired with the Robert Griffin the third pick as their team captain, and then ended up losing <laughs> against Washington when uh, uh... Jeff Fisher was the head coach. We basically did that. We had uh, Donald Levitt. Russell Douglas, there was one more. Keyshawn. Keyshawn. Um, all former Raiders who played for Basaccia um, in Las Vegas and Oakland um, were out there as the team captains. Still still got a butt kick. That didn't make a difference. Um, uh, Keyshawn Car- could have had a pick. Um, yeah. Was, was supposed to have a pick. He, he, he did the wrong thing, right? He basically mm-hmm. played the Preston Smith technique where he was like, I'm playing the sideline. That's not what you were supposed to do. You're supposed to jump on those shallow routes. Oh, and Rasul. Rasul was Rasul hot. ballistic. Oh. Ballistic. Because he knew exactly what... I mean, that was in the red zone, right? Yeah. I remember that right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that that changes a lot. Um, yeah. Rasul was losing his mind. What am I thinking of? Um, oh, offense. This, mind you, this is a tied game. If the Packers don't run that dumb play on... What was it? Fourth down? I think it was a third, third, and third short. down. Yeah, it was the yeah. So the Packers run a play, a passing play, with uh two routes on it. Okay, bad sign. Bad sign to start unless it's hard play action, right? Not hard play action. It's in the gun. It's in the gun. Um, not only that, it's rolling to the left, not just rolling, sprinting to the left, which is 
You know, if you've watched Jordan Love, that's opposite of his throwing hand. That's usually not the best play call that you want to call unless something is butt naked wide open to the left side. It wasn't. Um, the Packers basically ran two guys into a coverage combination that had four, and he just couldn't do anything with it. Mind you, uh, the tight end, the running back, and Christian Watson it lined up as like a wing player were lined up to the right just blocking the backside. Just blocking the backside, making sure no one chases Love down on a play. He wasn't going to get chased down. He was going to hit the sideline before he got chased down because he's sprinting to the left. Um, yeah, so you call a touchdown there, it's a tie game. Not great. A lot of things could have been better. Yep. The other uh, the other thing that could have tied the game is if Christian Watson doesn't get horse collared. That, yeah, I uh, saw I saw Florio today had um after the game he had some post that was like we should think about how we penalize that. I don't I don't know how I, people I, are receptive to that. Yeah, I, I don't know that there's anything you could do about that, but that's I mean it's it's the same idea as taking a pass interference penalty to stop a, a touchdown, right? It's it's well that's more the big thing the between college thing. fans and NFL fans, right? College <laughs> fans watch the NFL and they're like, I can't believe it's a spot foul. It's, yeah. NFL fans are like, Of course it's a spot foul. Why would we yeah. only give you fifteen yards 15 on yards. A, yeah, fifteen yards yeah. on a play where you could throw a bomb and just mug a guy? Um yeah. So. so yeah, I don't I don't know what you do with that. I think that's yeah. probably a little bit overreaction. I don't even know how you uh how you would even like legislate that stuff. Um, yeah. Little uh, Carlson brothers, little brother Anders had the better day. So I perceive you. Yeah. I perceive you. Yeah. We're, we're watching. We're still watching. Yeah. It was a pretty good day on that side. Um, I thought the punt stuff was interesting. I don't know how many times they punted to us. It felt like twice. I don't know if it was more than that. Um, but Basaccia went after him. I mean, he was trying, he was trying yeah. to block a kick. He was, he was absolutely trying to block a kick, which is why you saw Reed back there just uh, fair catching everything because he knew he didn't have any protection. Pasachi was just balls to the wall. Let's go get one. Um, didn't really come that close, I would say, but at least yeah. he was trying it. Um, thought we had pretty good days from Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary, the two mm-hmm. best players on this team, I think. Pretty clearly by far. I mean, yeah. the the most annoying thing, right, would be us thinking Aaron Jones, top three player on this team, him coming back and us realizing it was just against the Bears, right? <laughs> I mean, that's that's the nightmare. Yeah. Mm. I don't want to think about that. I'm not ready to think about that yet. <laughs> um, but this offensive line, we we talked about it before. Too. I know I'm bouncing around everywhere. Um, this is a, a stream of consciousness. I don't even have notes up. I, mm. I looked at an open document for about 20 minutes and didn't write a single word. Um, this offensive line is health question mark. And is this is the offensive line. We're going to have the rest of the year. Exactly. This is, this is going to be the five until somebody gets hurt. So you got to figure out a way to figure out a way to make this work. Yeah. I don't know. I, the, the, the last thing I think that I've got is I came into this game and for whatever reason, I don't know if it was just a weird day that I had or something. I just had no emotional attachment from the opening kickoff. I was like, this game is going to happen. Whatever's going to happen is going to just kind of wash over me. And I'm not, I'm not going to react to it good, bad, indifferent. And that's kind of what happened. Like it just kind of started off again. The offense was slow. Um, it, it, 
they're they're giving Dylan eight carries in the first, you know, ten minutes of the game. And I'm just kinda sitting there like, yeah, I have I have no emotions right now. And that's weird. I'm not used to not having emotions about a Packers <laughs> game, good good or bad, right? So yeah, it just feels like low stakes. Yeah. So I, I know, know a lot getting... of people were mad already yeah. and are like, I'm tuning out. Bucks are bucks are <laughs> buck season is about to start, right? Like we got Damian Lillard, all that stuff. Yeah, I, I had a, in my face. I had a relative text me after the game, like, "Well, the Packers aren't going to win another game this year." I'm like, "Really? Like they play the they'll, Bears? They'll again. win more games." That's yeah, the overreaction <laughs> of people being like, "We're no. going to get Drake May. We're going to get dude. You've won two games. Absolutely already. not. You're yeah. out. Do you know how bad the Giants are right now? <laughs> They're so much worse than we are. You know, knock on uh-huh. wood. But yeah, yeah. There's a lot of bad football there's teams a... right now. We're just absolutely not up to par. Yep." Below average know. team? Yeah, maybe. That bad? No, absolutely not. Uh, yeah, we're below average. And again, I think we could trend up. Um, mm-hmm. Some silver linings like Eric Wilson, Isaiah McDuffie, they didn't play bad, I don't yeah. think. I mean, McDuffie gets pushed around a little bit, but he's like a small guy anyway. Like, that's yeah. that was always yeah, going to be with the case with him. You're, you're going to live with that. Wilson had uh, had some wheels. He had a really nice hit on Garoppolo uh, yeah. on the one blitz, uh, delayed blitz today. Yeah. Um, Forced a incompletion, I think. So yeah, yeah. What the hell was that? They, they're bli- I couldn't tell. I would have to watch it again because I I haven't rewatched this game. We're recording this nine forty three Pacific time for me. Um, but it felt like once Quay left, they started blitzing their inside backers more. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just they were blitzing him from depth because Quay is a guy that you like at the line of scrimmage more, or if they were doing that with Quay and I just wasn't paying attention. That's something I would have to look at. Um, I think the defense is pretty much the same as we thought. I would have to look more at like some of the uh, like schematics. I, I know there was one play at the goal line where they got into that 6-1 front that was getting them gashed, right, because they had the open B-gaps and stuff like that. And this week they motioned someone and the safety rolled over. So they had both safeties on one side, um, not like – you know, one safety in the middle. Cause that's, that's part of it too, is you don't want to play with a middle of the field safety in the red zone. Cause no one's going to throw a post, right? Like the, the grass ends at the, at the back line of the end zone. So you don't like, you're not going to target the middle of the field in the same way, like in the same depths. Um, so they came up with a creative answer there. Um, might be turning the page on the defense, hopefully, cause the offense probably needs it. Yeah, I mean, you get some some opportunities coming up. The 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 game's coming out of the bye, right? Denver is a team that um, terrible defense score points terrible. on them for the love of God. If the Packers don't put up, you know, twenty seven thirty points on Denver, then I'm about ready to go into full blown panic mode on the offense. Um, Especially because I mean, one, they've lost back to back games, right? So motivation needs to be high anyway. Mm-hmm. Plus, you get bye week multiplier. Plus, mm-hmm. you get Hackett. You know, the Hackett redemption yep. from Sean Payton, you know, saying that he's no good. <laughs> I mean, I know, um, what was it? Aaron was posting, I, I saw this on his Instagram. He was posting photos of, of Hackett this weekend after the Jets beat the, beat the Broncos. I don't think it's a, uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that the Dolphins ran the hell out of the score against the, the Broncos, you know, when McDaniel is tight with all those guys too. Um, wouldn't be surprised if, LaFleur has a little something for him. Yeah. And look, the Bears scored 28 
on the on the Broncos. The Jets scored thirty one on the Broncos. If the, the Bears are another team that's motivated, right? Getsy played, yeah, or coached yeah. under uh, yeah. Hackett. So no, so if, uh, if Packers don't find a way to get close to thirty, then I'm officially in panic mode on the offense. Yeah. It, so. The the Broncos too seem like a team that is like they didn't need a hard rebuild. I don't think, mm-hmm. but they seem to want to hard rebuild. Like they yeah. already traded away Randy Gregory. It's uh, I've seen the the rumors and reports and stuff of them potentially shipping other guys. Like I mean, it's the usual suspects, right? It's hey, we want to trade Jerry Judy, yeah. but only for a first round pick, right? Like that's yeah. Um, yeah. So who even knows who we're going to line up against in that game? As far as trade stuff goes, if you're the Packers and you're looking around, what what positions are you targeting? Because the two I had pinned down when I talked with Andy last week were, I said I would look at the running back market. I, I don't know if I would trade for someone if Jones is going to come back. I mean, we'll see how serious his setback was. Um, but, like, I don't know. Keep an eye out. Keep an eye out. See if someone gets cut or something like that and you want to pick him up. And then the other one is safety, obviously, just yeah. because – you know, Ford and Savage are both on one-year deals. And, you know, you, it's not a let the kids play. We'll take our bumps and bruises and be better for it in 2024 and 2025 type of right. situation there. Yeah. Yeah, the only other thing, you know, we'll have to see where Quay's at with his injury. Um, yeah. But Campbell's missed a couple of games. You know, if, if the knee thing for Quay is anything serious, um, then maybe you're looking at linebacker too. Yeah. The Devondre thing is weird because really – the the only question LaFleur got asked about De- Devondre at the time of his injury was, is it the same ankle? And it wasn't the same ankle. But then this week when they asked LaFleur about Devondre, because um, I think he had already been ruled out at that point. I think that was on Saturday he got asked the question. Was, uh, you know, after the bye, is he going to come back? And he was like, oh, yeah, we'd love that if he came back after the bye. I'm like, whoa, mm. I realized it was this year. Why didn't, why mm. didn't he go on IR then? Yeah. It would have saved you a roster spot. We're having to do all this crazy stuff. Awesome. Well, yep. So, not not the most positive. I mean, there's a couple positive uh, nuggets in here. I know people like positive. It's not <laughs> much positive when you lose back to back and you only score 13 points in this one. I th- I think it was. Uh... Oh dang! I don't want to get the stat wrong. It was something like. Um... Let me look at this box score real quick. Yeah, I think it was the first time the Packers hadn't had touchdowns in back-to-back first halves since, like, 1990. I can't oh remember God. what the stat was. Um, but, yeah, I mean, guys, we are we're not three, good. Is it three straight games? Because they didn't have anything against the Saints. Maybe that was it. Maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe maybe that was it. Um, the passing game's got to get better. You mm-hmm. got to help Jordan Love out on some of these things because if he's going to think I can complete that, and we're completing four out of twenty-five deep shots, that's just not going to work. That's not going to work. You got to do something. More yeah. RPOs for the love of God. More fewer screens. Oh. Get the screens out of here. Oh, oh my, my God. God, I'm tired of the screens. They don't work. Mm. The screens and the toss sweeps, they don't work. Plus, plus you're getting your guys called for illegal man downfield half the time, too. Just, yep, throw it out. Throw that page out. Uh, what was it? The first the first drive, they tried to run that pin and pull sweep. Um, 
and it was Dontavian Wicks head up on a 280-pound <laughs> defensive lineman. I say 280-pound oh. in that tone because at the halftime uh, Twitter spaces, I said he was 180 pounds, which is not true. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Wicks was outmanned by 100 pounds, and they're like, oh, we took a minus four TFL. Like, yeah, duh. What of course. Why? Yeah. They got to be... They got to be able to check out more of this stuff. And maybe it's you don't want to put it on Love's plate. But some of these looks are really, really, really bad. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's happening a little bit on defense too, right? I mean, we talked about that three up, three under play. Yeah. The pressing in the slot. You got to open up the playbook a little bit for Love at the line of scrimmage. And you, if you don't want multiple plays, guess what? The beautiful thing about RPOs. It's just one play. <laughs> it's just one play. Let him be the trigger man for a bit. Yep. I don't know if it's just because he has like a long release. He does have a longer release. He's a longer guy. Yeah. I don't know if it's because of that and they just don't want balls batted down or something like that, but you got to try something, man, because this is not working right now. Yep. Well, got a week off coming up. Maybe that'll be good for, for our mental health to, uh, to take a little break and uh, come back. Come back fresh and, and refreshed and hopefully with a uh, better performance against Denver two weeks from now. I think I'm going to try to get a doctor to do a podcast uh, during the bye and explain the Bakhtiari situation. Please. Because I still don't know how common some of this stuff is. I fully understand the Bakhtiari situation um, from the way that he's talked about it. But the thing is, I don't understand how, I guess, the frequency of it, right? Yeah. I, let, let's leave it on this note. Um, Bakhtiari, he's having another surgery. He had a scope and a clean out. Uh, he's had two clean outs prior since his ACL surgery, which was right after he tore his ACL uh, New Year's Eve 2020. Um, the way that he explained it in like a 35-minute interview, which is very good if you guys want to go listen to that, it's on the Packers YouTube page. Um, I'm sure you guys can find it on Packers.com if for whatever reason you don't want to go on YouTube. Um, he, the way he explained it, was he keeps getting like his knee keeps swelling and it keeps filling with liquid. Right. Um, and what they thought it was at first was scar tissue. Right. So then they cleaned out the scar tissue. And then now that the scar tissue is gone, they realize it's the cartilage at the top of his femur. Um, and it's something that not everyone needs to have surgery on. Like it's really like a body by body thing, you know, depending on like how, how your body tries to heal shredded cartilage on the top of your femur, right? And that that's the situation that Bakhtiari is in now, is they've ruled out all the other things. So they're like, it is the femur. Okay, let's go fix it. Um, but that's still something that he said. He said it was Friday of the Falcons game, and he was like, yeah, I, this, is, like, this isn't going to work. Like, we should just shut it down and um, have surgery so that I can come back next year. Because if I pl- play through this, I'm not going to be able to recover for next season. And this season, I'm clearly not going to be healthy enough to play on a game-by-game basis. Um, yeah. It is it is just fascinating that it, it has taken this long to get to this point. That's right, the to, question to that identify. I want to ask. It's like, yeah, yep. th- Three years, is this normal? <laughs> mm-hmm. Three yeah. years, is this normal to not know what the hell is wrong with someone's knee until year three? And yeah. that's something I'm totally willing to be you know have a doctor look me in the eyes and tell me yeah you idiot that's how this works let me explain the process 
And as long as I'm like explained it, okay, I get it. But I just need that answer. I need that answer. <sighs> well, I'm sure we're going to have plenty of breakdowns, plenty of like audits, you know, five weeks into the season on how well this Packers team is doing. They'll be coming. Um, we got a whole, we got two weeks to, two weeks to work on it. So you'll be yep. seeing it coming. Uh, weird schedule this week with uh, me and Andy. I don't know when our, po- when our podcast is going to end up getting posted because obviously uh, we were, we usually record on Tuesday, but I don't think I'm going to be able to get eyes on film fast enough. Um, and I don't want to talk out of my ass because that's usually my more in-depth post-game one. Um, so, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Stay tuned to the pod. Stay tuned to uh, the site. Leave us a couple five-star reviews. That would be nice. Please. Go Paco. Go Paco. <laughs>